Hi, this is Laura Bolgreen, and today we'll be reading Matthew 25, verses 1 through 30. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money away from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I have always loved stories. When I was younger, my dad would tell us stories every night before bed, and I learned the magic of, of learning something or receiving a message in a creative, indirect way, one that tapped into your imagination and stayed with you. And when I learned how to read, I read every book I could get my hands on, and I began eventually to come up with stories of my own. So I deeply love the fact that Jesus was a storyteller. It causes his teaching to be rich and inviting, memorable and captivating. But sometimes it can be difficult <laughs> because we're presented with stories that don't necessarily immediately make sense. 
or maybe our understanding of the story changes over time. When you're given a command like don't touch the hot stove, that command pretty much always stays the same. It's clear, it's instructive, it means the same thing now as it did when we were young. It still means don't touch that, it's hot. But stories can change. There's not always one right way to interpret them. For example, when I read the Chronicles of Narnia as a kid, I enjoyed the magic and the fantastical elements of the story. I loved to imagine a world where animals could talk and this 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 whole world that opened up to me um, was just was amazing to my imagination. When I read them as an adult, I found them to not only be that, but also to become one of my favorite sources of really rich theology. <laughs> so my experience with those stories drastically changed. And something similar has happened for me as I encounter the stories of Jesus. In my earlier readings, these portrayed something very clear. But as I've grown and changed and experienced God in new ways, this has been challenged. I find that I no longer really believe in a God who would shut the door in our faces forever with no mercy just because we weren't paying enough attention. The story of the thief who died next to Jesus on the cross and offered a last minute plea to remember him in paradise challenges that picture of God. I don't think I really believe in a God who's so exacting with the gifts he offers that if we don't invest them correctly, we'll be stripped of whatever we have and then cruelly punished on top of it. The story of the generous landowner who paid the laborers who worked different lengths of time all throughout the day equal wages challenges that. So what's going on here with these stories? What could I be missing? I find myself wondering, are these stories designed to help us see the world as it already is at work? Are these stories meant to help us see something that, that, that happens around us all the time rather than as this prediction of something that could happen someday? Sometimes in the Gospels, the language of the kingdom of God was about a future age to come. But often it was meant to be pointing out to us a reality to be known right here and right now. The kingdom of heaven breaking in in the incarnation in the person of Jesus Christ coming to reveal the movement of God at work all around us today. So what if the stories were more about that? Are the bridesmaids giving us a picture of the wonder we'll miss if we fall asleep to our lives? Is it a call to stay awake and pay attention, not because we might lose our ticket to heaven, but because God is at work all around us all the time, because God could intervene at our lives in any moment. But if we're not watching with expectant hope, we might completely miss it. Is the story of the workers giving us a picture of what we might miss out on if we're too afraid to take a risk? Could it be an acknowledgement that sometimes it feels too hard or too scary to risk something so we play it safe instead? But acknowledging also that if we make that choice consistently throughout our lives, we'll find our lives growing smaller and more stale rather than expanding into something rich and vibrant. Is it possible these stories are descriptions of natural consequences rather than some kind of divine punishment? And if so... What is Jesus warning against? And what is he inviting us to? I could be way off on all of this, but I guess what I noticed the most as I read these stories this time around is that my questions about them keep changing. My experience of them keeps shifting. And I want to continue to turn these over in my mind, to hold these stories with care, 
treating them like the stories they are and not like a reference book or an answer manual. I want to find the treasure and the invitation that lies within them. So what about you? As you hear these stories, as you turn them over, as you, as you ask questions and wonder about the meanings, what stands out to you today? Jesus, I pray that you would continue to give us more and more of a creative and prophetic imagination to access what you are inviting us into with these stories, to, to experience your kindness, your love to the rich and the vibrant life that you were inviting us to. Help us to see those. Help us to see the truth of these stories shining through. And as we recognize that and encounter that, I pray that it would change our lives and that we would experience more of your kingdom right here, right now. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.